Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes and gratuitous It's time to get busy With your friend Steven Carnival magic The excitement The thrill The adventure of the carnival And this is everything, everything I learned from movies. movies. And tonight, oh, tonight, oh, we're continuing primate, monk may, or monk may, as it's been <laughs> called by one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna die by monk may. <laughs> and of course, we're talking 1981's Carnival Magic. Of course, who's heard of this movie, Steve? Well, I'm glad you asked because they're joining us. Uh, we have Clark and Russell from the Overlook Hour. <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Stephen and Izzy. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, what, pray tell, made you think of offering us this wonderful movie? Well, when uh, when you emailed us and told us about the whole uh, prime, what, what was it, Monk May? That one's pretty good. Monkey or primate, everyone else. Primate is is very good. So this was the only movie that came to my mind that dealt with uh, simians the proper way, as far as I'm concerned. So this is a movie. Russ and I we saw this. um, Was it the Alamo? What was the thing? Oh man, Cinema Apocalypse. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Former programmer at the Alamo, Mike Keegan. Uh, this was his selection, and it was all part of the uh, ACFA, the the American Genre Film Association, uh, based out of Austin. They they had a marathon at the Alamo, and they showed five movies that were a little bit uh, how you say they were in, they were part of the the archive. They were all genre based, and they were all fairly unknown to a certain degree. Well, the idea was to get a bunch of Alamo. Um programmers that come out and flex their like weird muscle like all the weird shit they had seen <laughs> and, and uh 
they opened up with Carnival Magic. Yeah, and this was a Mike Keegan selection, and uh, I fell in love that day. And I've seen the movie about five times since then. That was a few years ago. <laughs> and I own it on Blu-ray, and uh, I adore oh, this God, movie. Oh, Blu-ray. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs it in HD, Steve. Yeah, you gotta get the... Oh, God. <laughs> For the record, I wanted to talk about Monkey Shines, so... Yeah, that's coming later this month. <laughs> what I'm learning from this conversation is that I think I have the uh, perfect skill set to be a programming director. Yeah, so right. <laughs> what, what movies do you have talking animals in? Let's line them up with that. <laughs> We're going to start with a boy and his dog. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is my mother's favorite movie. What? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is what of, I was born into. This is my birthright. Time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a good one. My, my mom's favorite is The Wizard of Oz. Like, it, you know, my mom's is The Sound of Music. Oh, so <laughs> my, my mom's the Starman. <laughs> this is this is why we're this is, this is why yeah. we're a thing. Starman and a boy and his dog. Yeah, for real. It's a double With feature. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With. <laughs> With essentially three-year-old Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What is love? laughs> Coming soon. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Steve, I feel like we're far too sober to oh. talk about this movie. Oh, I agree. You got anything to drink, babe? I do. We have, from Fort Point Brewing, we have Lobos, the Session Pale Ale. It's got Poppy on the front. Oh. Brewed in San Francisco, California, 4.9% alcohol by volume. Actually, based on the name, I'm pretty sure that would be a wolf. It's that's a puppy. It's <laughs> a puppy. But it's a lobos. You have a little snuggly muffin puppy. What's your name? It's snuggly muffin puppy, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to pop my top now. Oh, finally. Oh, <gasps> my top. Nice. And a pull. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm holding the urge back to say coconuts. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Already with the movie, remember? <laughs> when did you guys watch it? How fresh is Carnival Magic with you two? Mm. We watched it last night? Oh, yeah, last night. It was the first time either of us had seen it. Uh, I, I looked up the trailer when uh, you guys suggested it, and I was like, oh, this looks horrible. Uh, <laughs> said we had already seen it <laughs> yeah because uh, it's on the uh mystery latest mystery science theater 3000 yes. the Ret- whatever i thought we had yeah. seen all of them apparently it I- said we had watched it apparently we were we must have been drunk yeah i think someone's sharing our- <laughs> <laughs> we missed it <laughs> yeah i feel like that's the worst thing that could have happened to this movie because i i find myself having to defend this film a lot also, we have a door that keeps opening. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, our house may be haunted. So we're in a haunted room. <laughs> oh. Ooh, Barry in the lead. Do you, do you have um, do you, Are you infested with talking apes? I wish. I just think it's a foundation issue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Jonah Ray and Patton Oswalt, I feel like they've ruined this movie forever. And Patton Oswalt has said that this is the worst movie he's ever seen in his life. That's a bold oh, statement. Oh, <laughs> that's... that's that's well. I guess they didn't do uh, Manos Hands of Fate, so yeah, so, right. We've got uh, we've got some suggestions for Mr. Oswald if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> did did y'all do any research on Al Adamson, the director of this film? Oh, I was just gonna say yes, from director Al Adamson. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked because wow, does he have a list of movies that he's directed? <laughs> um, 
here here are a few of the better ones. Uh, Psycho a go go, Satan sadist, Hell's bloody devils, Dracula versus Frankenstein. I think I have that. Was that was the big one. <laughs> Dynamite Brothers, Girls for Rent. I think I have that one too. Yeah, say. <laughs> like, I need to pull open my. That would do well in 2019. Oh, I know we have Black Heat and Black Samurai in the yeah, other room. Yeah, we do. They're on your, what is it, the, like, <laughs> 20, urban action Yeah, films? 20 urban action films. <laughs> uh, he also directed Uncle Tom's Cabin, though it's not the one you saw in school. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and Dr. Dracula, or I would refer to it as Dr. Acula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Sherry, uh this was towards the end of his career. Right, this was the next to last movie he ever made. Yeah, and the and... last one sounded pretty good as The Lost uh, from 1983. It's about a girl getting lost in Utah, and it stars Gidget. <gasps> Steve, you love Gidget, and you're from Utah! <laughs> this must be your film! I guess. Yeah, I've yeah. been trying to look that one up. Um, but his wife is also in the film. She plays uh, the uh, magic assistant to Markov. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Kate? Yes. Oh. Yes. So that is that is Al's wife, who tragically passed away two years later, and this was the last film she was ever in. Oh, oh. that's a shame. Now, do you, do you happen <laughs> to know what the fate of Al Adamson was? No. Please go on. This. So the backstory <laughs> for this film is what I think ties everything together for me with it. So, as you previously. He went through all of his other works. He was a B-movie, you know, schlock director. You know, a la Roger Corman, that whole school of thought. Yeah. Well, in 1980, he wanted to make a children's film. So this was his idea of a film for children. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think when we talk about the movie, we'll go into the uh, very clear uh, statutory rape. Okay. Uh, there is uh, animal is sexual clear? assault. There is uh, spousal abuse, alcoholism, uh, car theft, and animal attempted suicide. Yeah, but as a but reminder for children. <laughs> yes, but uh, in 1994 or 95, I think no, I think it was 95. Al Adamson uh, went missing. Ooh. And uh, five weeks later, uh, in Indio, California, uh, they found his body that was buried under his jacuzzi, <laughs> and his live-in handyman was charged with the murder. Oh, I'm going to wow. repeat that again. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His live-in handyman <laughs> murdered him and buried him under his jacuzzi. Wow. Oh, Carnival Magic. <laughs> handyman, see? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta keep your eye on Marcos back there. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Well, and, and another yeah, so, fun fact when I was looking this up is uh, written by uh, Mark Weston, and this was his only writing credit. He plays Stoney. Hey! Oh! That's excellent. You didn't know I didn't that? know that. Oh, wow. Oh, hey. <laughs> fun facts, super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. Out of all, out of all the odd acting choices and, and uh, casting choices in the film, I think Stoney was perfect. Yeah. Like to imagine a guy who runs a carnival in Virginia, 
it would be that guy. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's where he started care that his 14-year-old daughter is dating a 45-year-old PR man. Yeah. yeah. How old is she? Can we just skip ahead to this? I, I was thinking maybe 16. It, I feel like she could she be She may be one hour over 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. I, well, see, I feel like she could either be 14 or she could just be like 22, but sort of like daddy never her, let her, her grow up sort of, weird way. Sort of simple. <laughs> her mannerisms were very teenage like you know she yeah, yeah she, she not only did she look young but she acted like she was a teenager yeah now, it, and it the could PR be... guy was definitely like early 30s and oh yeah <laughs> he, had, he had some city miles on him <laughs> that guy oh my god there's that one moment when he's rubbing her shoulder and all you can see is his hairy arm and like his watch yeah, and it just feels like the dirtiest, like celluloid, with ever. his Hawaiian shirt tucked into his pleated yeah. polyester pants. <laughs> yeah, as was the style at the time. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah, basic premise of this movie. Yeah, there's there's a magician in the carnival. His name is Markov the Magnificent. Is that right? And yeah. he he is magnificent. Oh, he is magnificent. And he wears a shirt with his name and that of his co-star, Alex. And, yes, and, he does. Yeah. And it's a super... T- I, I, I am assuming it's like a women's medium that he wears. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Honey, you can't hide that bod. No, no, no. Gotta... Markov's been working, working out, and he wants to show off his hard work. Especially you can't hide it behind that cape. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, oh, he's go- he goes shirtless during several scenes. The uh, the push-up yeah. scene in the dirt is one of my personal favorites. Well, while being raised by monks, I'm sure he didn't wear much clothing. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so being raised by monks, he can, like, levitate and bend steel, and I don't know, does he, like, use Jedi Talk to animals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the animals talk back, too. That's the well, impressive thing. Oh, yeah. Great. Like when he's talking to the tiger. Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, come on. We're skipping the part. His his sad backstory. This is how he's going to get the uh, get the director's wife in bed. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah, right. He was raised by monks in India after his parents died. Oh, that yeah. That's so great. My favorite parts of this movie is, like, when just the overwhelming swooning piano score <laughs> when they're trying to just build to an emotional climax and sometimes it just does not fit no. stolen from a different mst3k episode but i want to see the movie they thought they were scoring <laughs> yeah well, who, who knew what he thought he was making like, he was aiming this for children, yeah. and his backstory comes out in this, like, shotgun blast of exposition, where he's like, I had a girlfriend, she was pregnant, we were gonna have a kid, then she died. It's like, uh... That's what... <laughs> I think that you need to have the context that this is a... You need to know what kind of director Al Adamson was. And I think <laughs> if you go in with that context, it certainly elevates Yeah, it's like, here's Boyd Kaufman, and now he's doing Truffaut. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he, yeah, he it's missed like, the mark. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, what are these uh, big titty belly dancers doing at a carnival trying to get people to come over? <laughs> to 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 when the carnival barker's going. And yeah. They used going. to be bearded ladies, but that's just not a draw anymore. So they shaved and they dance. Yeah, come on, go. guys, use your heads. By the way, as somebody who knows nothing of this man's prior work, except for I've probably seen more of it than I think I did have, 
Um, <laughs> because I love these kind of movies. I feel like he's the kind of director who gets shit done. <laughs> yeah. I get they shot this thing in two hours. Oh, this <laughs> thing. They just, oh, they just knocked this shot in real out. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It probably was. Edited in camera. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get up to the car. Get the monkey in there. All right, here we go. What's what's that girl sleeping in the back seat for? Uh, uh, leave her in. Leave her in. What's her name? What's her name? We'll put her in the credits as the girl in the back seat. <laughs> By the way, she got, she got a full page, like, all to herself credit. That was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. She did. And introducing uh, as the co- the girl in the car, I think that's what it's building. Yeah. yeah. The other belly dancer. All right, so oh, let's... For those people out there who haven't seen it, let's let's break this movie down. Yeah, uh, basically there's a carnival. It's ran by a guy named Stoney who's balding but has a mustache and is sweaty as all hell. He um, also has always has a cigar. Egg. Oh, yeah, he's got a full keg going. <laughs> um, he has a 14 to 16 year old daughter named Bud she slash Ellen. Uh, she could be. <laughs> she could be 22 with Gaston. Come on, don't. Oh, we're not here to. We're, I'm not here to judge, Steve. That's <laughs> exactly what we're here for. And you no, know it. I'm not here to judge. Because, like, anyway, but that's not why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here because you gave me beer. Yeah, well, there you go. And at this carnival, there's Markov the Magnificent and his talking ape, Alexander the Great. No, nobody knows about Alex in the beginning, remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, that, Markov oh my God, is the that's new right. act. He's the magician. The main draw is the uh, the leopard tamer who's really bad at his job. He needs to go back to he's selling used cars in New Jersey, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Markov goes, talks to his cats, 100%. and all the cats listen to him instead of the New Jersey car salesman. The car salesman says, hey, I'm your biggest act. I'm going to leave if you don't fire Markov. That guy's super creepy. And by the way, nobody's allowing us into He doesn't allow anybody in his house. The manager goes over and is like, sorry, Markov, you've pissed everybody off. It's time to go. By the way, what do you keep in your house? A.K.A. trailer. And Markov is like, none of your business. I'll be gone by morning. <laughs> and then we get a long drive in the woods with Markov, as far as we can tell, talking to himself. Except for he's just like, you know, this is your fault. If I just, you know, could tell people about you, but then they might exploit you. And I don't want you to get exploited. But we just can't keep running from circus to circus. Turns out he's talking to a monkey. Yep. <laughs> so my thing is that is a circus's trailer or is that Markov's trailer? Well, that's Markov's trailer. He's going to take haul his trailer out of there. He goes from circus to circus. He is the yeah. transient of transient circuses. You could do no, it. I definitely don't. What would you do if you could join a carnival? What would be your talent? Oh, I'm pretty good at guessing weight. I'd, uh, <laughs> I could do that. Oh, the Ben Steel. <laughs> <laughs> the human truck. If her name was Gus, you could. I would eat my body weight in potato chips. <laughs> That's pretty good. Behold, Izzy, the bottomless pit. Marvel at her ability to consume carbs. Taste it with burnt cheese. <laughs> We've all got our talents. Um... <laughs> Uh, and and the, so we're introduced to um, Kim, but I was calling her Tits McGee for the first half of the movie. Uh, That's fair. Blonde, yeah. blonde belly dance lady who's, uh, you know, taking a shine to Markov and they go walk in the woods and get the sad backstory. Oh, yeah. Pendulous. <laughs> just like 
swinging down around the hips. They're it's, spectacular. They're, they're pretty good. <laughs> hey, that's the former Miss Virginia, so let's pay some respects. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, oh. then, but then she became a showgirl and apparently an accomplice to bank robbery or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a story I want. I don't want to know about Markov and him having trouble with his live-in ape. No, no, I want to <laughs> I want to see the showgirls. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a prequel to this movie, Showgirls 2, Have Pennies from Heaven. Oh, my God. Maybe. Is the remake of this movie, Penny Joins the Circus? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you made it through the credits, then you know that they were set up for more carnival magic. Oh, they oh, were, yeah. yes. Did you, did you see that? Yes, we did see that at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, at the end of the credits, it says, and, and stay tuned for more Carnival Magic. But unfortunately, <laughs> like, no the sequel you, never changed. Channel. <laughs> okay, so was it, so on poor Alexander the Ape, first off, I just want to say, um, this poor little chimpanzee looks abused to me. He's, like, missing all the fur around his neck. He's wearing a freaking, like chain with a lock on it the whole time like this is this is not yeah, SBC the true. chain and the lock yeah the, the chain and the lock I, I didn't much care for that but I don't know he was fairly healthy from you know, well, a simian standpoint he didn't sound like was he was 19 <laughs> yeah, he had a was, I believe it was a female monkey yeah it is yeah <laughs> I, I can say as somebody who's been watching a lot of ape movies this year <laughs> I don't think that was the healthiest of apes. <laughs> it sounded like George Burns with like a four-pack day habit. <laughs> they were like, he's talking, and I'm like, oh, I think he's burping. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Alex steals a car just randomly. I don't remember him being particularly mad or anything, just kind of <laughs> like... Oh, doors unlocked. Markov was off getting laid. He needed something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Markov had a bra hanging on the door of the trailer. Alex w- couldn't go back in his room for a while. Come yeah, on. yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Leave him the next He just time. wanted some uh, fruit salad. Hey. <laughs> okay, so he drives off with the, the girl in the backseat who's just sleeping back there randomly. Okay, she's like, cool. Tony, why are you driving oh, yeah, like that? Yeah. I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, who the fuck is Tony? <laughs> Babe, she can't. <laughs> she's like, do you have my yeah, do you have my He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got some for you. <laughs> God. As a reminder, <laughs> children's film. Right. Family film. Uh, but of course, a cop sees the car driving around and calls in a ghost car. Nobody driving it. It's a ghost car. Oh, those two cops are the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Again? Yeah. And <laughs> that guy, God, that doofy looking nerd cool. with the glasses, who looks similar to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it before Russell said it. I'll say the 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 guy that you play in the reboot. <laughs> Oh, I would I would take that role second. Oh, in a second. I would I, I would Jackie Gleason it up though. I think they were <laughs> clearly trying to do some sort of Smokey and the Bandit. We're not one of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that ends with them, you know, of course, crashing into a crates of watermelons and basically making a fruit salad. It was yeah. great. Um, also, him trying to eat corn on the cob and thinking it was a banana. Yeah. Mm, something's wrong with this really banana. Weird. Yeah. 
My, my favorite part of that chase, though, is when the sheriff who drove off into a ditch when he saw the ghost car is being towed. Oh. And he's sitting on the hood of the car and like, oh, man, that monkey got me. And then, and then they just keep on and they just, just drive halfway down the road. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a great scene. Yeah, there's a really weird like tone to this film because when Markov is like convincing um, that dude that he's like Gus now and he can bend steel, it, it really feels sinister. Like he's doing something wrong. The here. extreme close-ups that goes back and forth. Oh. You see Markov's s- sweat on his brow. I don't know why I stuttered. I <laughs> Continue. There's there's also like. Markov in a medium shot looks like a good guy, but Markov in a Oof. close-up looks like a, like a, I don't know, like a Sith Lord. Yeah. Like a, he has a very intense furrow. Yeah. It's like this they light movie, him from the ground up. This movie, <laughs> you, you just put a different score on it, and he immediately becomes a villain. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, he made a pact with Satan, and dun, dun, dun. he's using his powers for evil, and only the ape can save us <laughs> with love. I don't know. Yeah, what the hell yeah. did those monks teach him? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the dark arts. <laughs> they were also, was his dad murdered by Nazis? Is that, do they talk about, like, he died in World War II or something? It was something about missionaries, wasn't it? it was yeah, they were missionaries. Yeah. He got like killed grandpa. in India. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how I was trying to bring Nazis in the... <laughs> I think there isn't enough. <laughs> we all live in cages. That, that sounds like a better movie anyway. Yeah, bring in some Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it they just totally fit in. It, it, it just wouldn't show it. So, <laughs> so when we saw this, we saw this in a, in a fairly crowded. Uh, it was early. It was like eleven a.m. People didn't know what they were going to see, but I, the response was great, and I had a great time. How did you two enjoy this movie overall? Oh, we enjoyed it. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it it was crazy. It was like I I honestly had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it could super be unpredictable. It could be Markov using his mind powers to make somebody's head explode. It could be a talking ape that then pulls out a bow and arrow and starts using it. Like it could have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like the monkey ended up with a gun like some of the other movies we're oh, going to be doing. <laughs> that's right. This. <laughs> Monkey shine. No, but stuff. he ends up with uh, cyanide in a human hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Not to spoil anything, but, you know, come on. That's a selling point as far as I'm concerned. You gotta murder the monkey to please those kids. Also, and then we have, so the German doctor, I'm assuming he's German. I don't know. It just yeah, he was German. German. The that, he's the Nazi. The, the dubbed guy. Yeah. He was clearly dubbed, and also not well. <laughs> they did a terrible job dubbing that guy. It, it was probably. I don't stu- know what his deal was. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it was a Doctor Pool or whatever was his name, and he he wants right. to get get a hold of Alex to study him because oh my gosh, this monkey can talk. We can study him. And He's the missing link. Crack- I gotta kill him right now. <laughs> we gotta crack his. Yeah, so he and check out his. Yeah, brain. so he sidles. The journey car salesman, and they get and they take Alex away, and he goes to a human hospital, and then it becomes. When you're skipping ahead, there's so you know. The, the... Well, I just want to get to the the, the Todd Browning <laughs> freaks part where they all raid the hospital. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, well, you, and you gotta remember so... the the love story between the PR guy and the sixteen year old girl, and you know she's a bit of a tomboy, but then she takes her hat off and is instantly ready to make out, and and then oh. like I fifteen minutes later, it's like, well, we intend to get married. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a woman now, Daddy. Yeah, it's weird that when he asks her out on a date, she's sitting there next to her dad, and you clearly get the vibe that she. It's turning him down to maybe, like, I don't know, do the right thing in front of her father. And then she's like, no, no, I just don't like bowling. And it's like, okay, so you're rebelling. And then it cuts to them getting in the car, and he's like, hey, I'm really glad, like, I decided to ask you out. And she's like, yeah, me too. I've been thinking about it for a while. And you're like, I feel like you're making a bad decision, and you made it on the fly. And I don't know if I'm ready to watch it. Because they start making out, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I think he, he only oh. knows how to create these seedy, you know, love scenes. Like, the, like all the movies he's done, he does, like, orgies and stuff. So I think, <laughs> he's I like, think this, this is, is what I know what to I'm be doing. Tender. <laughs> For children, too. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> it's so no. unfortunate he was murdered and buried under his jacuzzi. Because I would love by to his, talk to him. By his living. By his living handyman <laughs> in Indio, California. Did that, did that budding romance happen after the second show where he's blindfolded and he's like, I, I don't know, what is the trick there? He has x-ray vision or he's got a psychic link with Alex? Oh, he's doing the radio thing and the yeah. uh, serial number? Yeah, I, I, I guess. He's reading minds. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, thank God he, that's, he, that's interrupted. Going, Put with, away that uh, Mighty Mouse comic book. You already read that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody reads Mighty Mouse. Yeah, who reads Mighty Mouse? <laughs> I don't know, but that audience... Other than Andy Kaufman. That audience looked like a legitimate, like, who want, hey, you on the street, would you like to come to a carnival show? We're well, it, looked like a, it looked like a tip remind. You, you have to... Clark's from Mississippi. Yeah, that's so, a church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you were expecting Markov well, to pull out some snakes and start praising the Lord. Oh, man, there you go. You know what? Dude. That would make so much sense in this movie. Turns out he's a snake handler the whole time. I bet I could read the last numbers on your your twenty dollar bill, sir. Oh, the Lord tells me it starts with a four. <laughs> I'd sign off on that. <laughs> or even if at the end he's like, if you want to learn how to do this, all you have to do is turn your cross upside down. <laughs> right? The monkey will start talking to you too. Right? Let Satan into your heart. Praise him. <laughs> yeah. So, so as mentioned, uh, the used car salesman slash lion tamer guy um, and his showgirl girlfriend. They, uh, they basically they get Alex kidnapped by the oh the the German for- Morgan Freeman doctor. You forgot the most important. <laughs> They run away from the circus with all their lions, but we cut to them oh, in a yeah. hotel room with no oh, lion. God. Where did these lions and tigers go? <laughs> they're out in the parking lot eating children, I assume. Right? They're just like in a horse trailer banging on the walls. <laughs> Some curious and he's just shit. boozing it up and hitting his wife. It's, it's just a great family. Uh, you're so cute. You think that's his wife. No, no, no. It's just, it's just his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the benefit once. of the doubt. They were living in sin, so I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, but uh, so Alex uh, escapes from Doctor Pool, but not before probably my favorite character in this entire movie shows up. 
Oh, shit. The gentleman with the afro, the green tank top, and the white pants. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's supposed to be an orderly or what. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Randomly shows up with his buddy, and they're trying to stop Alex from escaping, and it ends up being a big fight scene in this hospital hotel room. Yeah, by the way, it's the same hotel room that uh, the lion tamer slash used car salesman oh, yeah. and his girlfriend are checked into, right? They just, like... <laughs> Threw a couple of like tablecloths on the bed and called it an operating table. Yeah. <laughs> Again, quick turnover. They probably shot this thing in an afternoon. Oh, yeah, no, they got this <laughs> shit done. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Yeah, we're we're just kind of skipping around here. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Alex. basically. Oh, Alex gets cyanided, and then everybody shows up at the hotel room slash doctor's office, question mark, yeah. and Markov wills him to live? Yeah, there, there is a point in this film, which is made for children, <laughs> where we think that a monkey drank poison and killed himself, <laughs> but then a magician brings them back to life and then they throw a parade yes an absolute goddamn parade oh shriners and everything by the way when those shriners showed up and their little buggies <sighs> you cannot easy. have a parade in 1980 without shriners you just can't do it are you kidding i grew up in a small farm town you can't have a parade in orangeville without the shriners yeah. that's how you get your permits the shriners pay for it yeah. My uh, my dad was a Freemason, so I had the I had the fez, and uh, I, I, he wouldn't let me wear it when he was present because it was a uh, it was negative towards the, <laughs> the Freemasons. Wait, he was a Freemason? Yeah, he would I never he would never tell me anything about the Freemasons, secret society. When oh, here you you'll enjoy I, this. I have no idea. My grandmother and my dad's stepfather, my pop, Papa Ernie, were the caretakers for the Masonic Lodge in uh, Daly City. Oh, and wow. so I spent every Christmas inside a Masonic temple because they had a little apartment just right off the side, but the Masons aren't there all Christmas. So basically it was like, hey kids, you're annoying. Go run around. I had free range. Did you learn any secrets? Uh, <laughs> So here's the secret of the Masons. It's a bunch of old white guys who get together and drink. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, I just, and I just want somebody to have it figured out. I was holding <laughs> out hope that the Freemasons had the secrets. I believe but they again, my father's a maniac, so probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've seen I I've been in all the rooms. It's a bunch of white guys who get together and drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moose lodge. <laughs> really? It's it's an invite only moose lodge. <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's carnival magic, basically. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> when are we making the sequel to this? <laughs> Who do we cast in the sequel? Nicholas Cage oh. as the 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 dad, the carnival runner. Oh, Stony. <laughs> I guess more of a Dennis Frost. <laughs> no, 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 you know who you know who would be a great Stony? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yes. of course, of yes. course. No, yes. right. Paul Giamatti would be a great as Markov. Stony. Yes, Nicholas Cage is uh, Markov. Let's see, Markov. Nicholas Cage could probably do a Markov. I'd, I'd be yeah. down with that. Yeah, yeah I think he talks about uh, going to India uh, to learn the mystic arts, mm-hmm. and and he has the sad story about his wife, and yeah. 
All right, so who do we get to be uh, the director's wife slash his, his girlfriend? <laughs> Pamela Anderson? Elizabeth Berkley. <laughs> uh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> we got to throw some stunt casting in there. <laughs> you, you, you know what? I'm okay with that. Sold. <laughs> I'm most interested in who would be casted for that budding romance. Oh, for the the PR man and yeah. uh, Bud. Yeah. Uh, the girl from Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> oh. And oh, um, I don't I know. Thinking, I was thinking of Fanning. <laughs> oh, what would you say, Steve? Matthew McConaughey is the PR guy. <laughs> Same outfit. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Because, you know, this takes place, like, two years later, maybe? Like, 83? Yeah. <laughs> Sold. More Carnival Magic. Let's God, do it. I don't know. I just get such skeevy vibes. I was thinking, like, Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, who, who's uh, the guy that really played the 14-year-old? Like, Doug Hutchison or something like that from Green Mile? Oh, Roman Polanski. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, still a guy. Or Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> he's got actual experience yeah he's not old <laughs> yeah but that green mile guy he was like 55 and he dated he was married to a 17 year old or 16 i think yeah. she got their parents permission oh yeah jayla's ex-husband which one mark antony <laughs> uh ben affleck keep going uh, no sorry not jayla oh, i the lied fuck? Oh, god damn it <laughs> You're the worst at this. It's like Nicholas Cage's ex-wife. Uh, list off all six of them. No, no, not Nicholas Cage. The other guy. No, you're the one that started this. You're supposed to be better. Than... Tomb Raider. Um... Oh, Angelina. Oh, Angelina Billy Bob Thornton. Oh God, Billy Bob Thornton would be amazing. It is in any role. He He'd could do. Fun. He could do Stony for sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he would be. You know what, he could be Dr. Poole for all I give a shit. Oh, that's what I was about to say. I presume he's a German doctor. But where are we going to cast uh, Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> he or could Kelsey. be uh, Alexander. The great. Oh, oh there you go. Kelsey Grammer is the voice of Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just, just as long as I get the role of one of those cops, I'm fine. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You yeah, definitely, absolutely. yeah, you've got the cop. <laughs> and is he... What about Ron Perlman as Markov? <laughs> what? Oh. I can see a Ron Perlman doing it. Ron Perlman would be great. And in that romance, let's put Crispin Glover in there. I like him. Crispin Glover's perfect. Crispin, you know what? That you yeah. nailed it. Crispin Glover nails. Yes. He still, he looks like a creepy fourteen-year-old. That's like. But also facially, I think that they sort of have like the same symmetry or lack thereof, and. uh yeah, you know, I think that's great. Also, he's scary. Crispin Glover? Yes. <laughs> he came out here a couple years ago, and uh, we, you, Russ, you worked for his merch booth, yeah? Yeah, I worked with him. He was kind of intimidating. Yeah, he's a... A girl came up and asked um, him to autograph her leg because she had a Back to the Future tattoo, and he could not have looked more disgusted at this, like, pretty girl's leg. And he said, I want you to know... Like, looking at her in the eyes, like Markov, said, I don't believe in tattoos, and I don't want you to get this tattooed. And then he signed his name. Well, and I was like, God, I feel, like, ashamed. <laughs> I don't know for being a part of this. 
<laughs> just sat there and let him do it. <laughs> now I want to see him hook up with that um, Stranger Things girl. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a movie, just like, you know, in the tabloids being like, what yeah. is Crispin Glover doing hanging out with Millie Bobby Brown or whatever her name is? Look, so look who just visited his castle. <laughs> so who could pull who could pull this project off? Who would direct it? Oh. I'm, Let's see, it's gotta be Jordan somebody experience in kids movies. Uh Eli Roth. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, what's our homie? What's our homie who just did uh, Dog's Way Home? Oh, that guy could do it. Um, That so, guy could do it. Uh, of course you guys know about Trick or Treat in the oh, 80s, yeah. the Halloween yeah. movie. And so the director of that movie did A Dog's Way Home. That one about the dog. He also, he also did Dolphin's Tale. Yeah, and we've been what? obsessed with this movie. Yeah, in A Dog's Way Home. does Okay, so Carnival Magic has, like, those weird uh why is this in the movie for my child moments and so does a dog's way home except it it blends the light oh hey we almost died in an avalanche much better charles martin smith who was also an actor there you go untouchables i'll tell you just because i don't think you guys will you might after you hear edward james almost makes a uh cameo but you would never know it because he's dressed up like a bum uh, he chains his dog to his belt. And the one main thing he does in this movie, his brief little five-minute uh, stretch, is he dies on an island off a freeway. So there's like a little highway, and he's, it hands over and 100 feet away, he dies on an island. And because the dog's tied to him, the dog may drown with water right in front of him. Or starts uh, uh, die yeah. of, yeah, yeah, dehydration. And it's like, what are we doing? This is like Homeward Bound. This, but is, like, this is a PG movie, and Edward James yeah. Olmos is a homeless veteran named Axel yeah. who dies with a dog strapped to it. And, and right before he dies, he's like, "Oh, we're oh, you're missing. Yeah, you're missing the best part. Is that the whole thing is narrated in this voice of God narration, which is narrated by Br- Bryce Dallas Howard, who is doing it <laughs> like uh, she's trying to be a, a puppy." Yeah, essentially the, yeah the so she's speaking like a six-year-old child <laughs> oh my god so she's narrating this death of edward james almost and she's like axel was sad <laughs> but i loved axel he laid down and, never and got he back laid up. down and just then he got really cold <laughs> what and the i fuck? knew axel was gone and then yeah carnival magic too he could do it Oh yeah, Charles Martin Smith. That's yeah. perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I was just thinking like like George Miller, the guy who did Babe and all the Mad Max. George Miller would be great. That's an excellent yeah. pick. <laughs> it's like what 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 side of the spectrum is he gonna go on? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to decide based on uh, what their wives look like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, in that case, it's going to be Paul W. S. Sanderson. Mia Jovovich is going to be one of the dancing girls, and uh, oh no, he, Man. she'll be the uh, the showgirl that's dating the the car salesman guy, Lion Tamer. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's a tragic role. <laughs> Mia oh, Jovovich yeah, yeah. as the girl in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, I guess I might go for the back seat girl. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it catapult her to success, much like Carnival Magic did for the original 1981 Garcia. girl. 
Oh, ScarJo, yeah, there Scar we go. ScarJo's the girl oh. in the back seat. <laughs> oh, Scar- With yeah. Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander as the girl <laughs> in the back seat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more beer. What? Fun facts. Woo! And what we learned from Carnival Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Should be quick. All right, I'm going to pee. All right. <laughs> Hey everybody, you like listening to podcasts, right? Well, what if I told you that you could get paid to listen to them? Well, with this new PodCoin app, that's exactly what you get. Uh, You can listen to everything I learned from movies, or any and all of your other favorite podcasts, and the whole time you're earning PodCoins that you can donate to charity or exchange for gift cards to places like Amazon and Starbucks uh, for something you'd be doing anyway. Just download PodCoin in the App Store, and as an added bonus, if you sign up with the special code STEVEIZZY, you get 300 pod coins just for signing up. I use it for all my podcast listing now, and it's great. I'm already well on my way to Amazon gift card. Cha-ching! Uh, so yeah, download the PodCoin app, use the code SteveIzzy, and you're already 300 pod coins ahead of the game and using a great podcatcher. Check it out today. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it, so you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. No big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking? You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. Hey, everybody, this is Jason. And Jeff. And Blake. And we're the History of Bad Ideas podcast. And if you like hearing uh, geeks talk about Fisto from He Man, or zombies, or dragons, or zombie dragons. I was given copy to read, but it's a piece of crap. So if you just like any geek or any fun stuff, just listen. We drop every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Tangent Bound Network, or WeBeGeeksPC.com. Oh, God, I'm out of here. And remember to wear a coat. Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to everything I learned from movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. Clark and Russell, if you could just uh, tell us about your uh, your podcast, The Overlook Hour, that'd be great. 
Yeah, so um, it's a podcast we've been doing, uh, shit, been going on three years uh, this summer. Russell and uh, his girlfriend, Oksana, started uh, the Overlook Theater. Um, geez, about over, over half a decade, yeah. Um, and then three years ago, I came up to him and said that uh, he should have a podcast to kind of help promote the, the site and whatnot and uh, maybe have guests on and it just kind of grew from there, and uh, I just went up to him and said, hey, I bought a board, and uh, let's get going. So we just started, and uh, we didn't really know what we were doing, but we had a couple key things in mind of what we wanted. A, everything was uh, going to be film-based with a, lean, a strong lean towards horror, uh, but independent film, essentially, was, was our big focus, and also we wanted to have guests on. Um you know, we, could, we we do an occasional show without guests where it's just uh, Russell, myself, and our engineer, Randy. Um, but most most weeks we, we do have guests on, uh, which have ranged from uh, local ghost hunters to the uh, programmer at the Millbury Public Library uh, to local film programmers here to, you know, directors of, you know, uh, big movies like the Blair Witch Project. Um, so it, it's gone all over the place, and uh, we're... We're uh, we're happy with where the show is and uh, what it's become, and um, you know we've we've made a lot of connections, and uh, we've essentially started the Unnamed Footage Festival, which is the country's only uh, found footage POV horror film festival in the uh, you know outside of France, uh, essentially, which is uh, run by uh, those guys. Uh, en Vumont. Yeah, what's that guy's thing? Uh, en Vumont means they're lying to you. It's a much better name. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they, they focus more on the faux documentary, I believe, which we do too. But, yeah, um, they're, they're definitely more highbrow. Yeah, that's a... Nice. Yeah, say we were out there uh, for the uh, online footage festival, and it was pretty amazing yeah. at the theater. We were referred by the Eric Myers. Yeah. That's right. Yes. No, thank you guys for coming. That was great. Um, yeah, you guys came out to the uh, recalibration party with uh, Butterfly Kisses, right? That Thursday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> Eric's, Eric's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. We we met uh, Gerald Varga, the director of Murderbox. We interviewed mm-hmm. him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to set yeah. it up with Gerald. Paul too, but yeah. <laughs> oh, have you? Are you gonna talk to Paul? Yeah, Paul McGee, the director of Webcast. Uh, we've been yeah. back and forth just trying to set up a time with him traveling all the time. And <laughs> yeah, Paul's great. Paul's great. Yeah, no, we had a this 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 year uh, was a great lineup, and um, you know this was our second year, different than the first year. The the tone, I guess, of you know when you're programming all these you know found footage films, it's, you kind of find a theme, and I think that we were more genre based in the first year. Well, I think the first year we were kind of like this is going to be aggressive, and we're going to show people a bunch of movies that are. Uh, we wanted people to leave and be like, how can we never... And it ended up being a very mean lineup. We, have yeah. you ever heard of a movie called, like, uh, Be My Cat? A film for Anne. Yeah. Oh, have no, I haven't heard, heard of that. that. No, no. All right. It, it, it's about a guy in uh, Romania. Yeah, uh, Adrian Tofei is the director's name. And uh, the, the premise of the film is that the proof of concept, he's uh, hired some girls over the internet to come visit him, and uh, he ambushes them with a camera, and he, he is basically making a rough cut of his movie that he's trying to convince Anne Hathaway to play him. 
exactly what you imagine a weird living with his mom in Romania and a camera doing, except that the way that it was filmed is exactly like in the movie. He had never met the actresses before. Oh, and they met through Craigslist. And, and he had a thing that doesn't come up in the movie where he tells them, if you show up and I'm speaking to you in English, we're filming. That's the movie. So play along. He also gave them a list of 10 motivations, and he said, pick two, don't tell me what they are. So there's a lot of, like, <laughs> organic, like, improv, and, like, the that feeling is very other, uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And there's a lot of screaming. And both years that we were playing movies uh, early in the morning with a lot of, uh, like, across from, like, this year was the Lego movie. Yeah, uh, last <laughs> the first year was uh, Black Panther. Yeah, going up against. The, yeah. the film was, they booked a children's party in the theater next door, and I was like, "Oh my!" We had to meet before, and we're like, "What is the first? Are we gonna like traumatize these children?" Yeah, I think yeah. So the first year was me. I'm so glad that you guys came out for that recalibration party because we didn't even when we had to come up with that idea. It was just to get people back in the mood for found footage because it's a weird genre. And it really <laughs> takes, like, film fans, because, I mean, horror gravitates there because of the Blair Witch, but you really have to enjoy, um, like, the audience conversation with the film. And you have to, like, pay attention. And one of the movies that will reward you for such is Butterfly Kisses. Because, I mean, how many times have you guys seen that film now? Three times? Three or four. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Did that jump scare get you still? Every yeah. single time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we know it's coming. We know it's coming. Oh, shit, there it is. You know what it is. It's because he doesn't overuse the jump scares in that movie. So many movies overuse the jump scares that, like, your brain sort, sort of just starts shutting it down. He's so judicious with it that that's why it gets you every time, even though you, even when you know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brutal one. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to, if you want to watch one that uh, I I've been quoted as uh, God, I said that movie gave me jump scare PTSD is uh, the fear footage. Have you guys heard of that one? No, so. and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a huge fan of the jump scare, so I don't think I need jump scare PTSD. Yeah. Um. There's a puke jump scare in that movie. Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm packed out. Oh yeah. Done. Well, if you're not if you're not a, a big jump scare aficionado, which uh, I'm right there with you, um, but you still want to delve into the found footage uh, genre, I would recommend Hell House LLC. Have you guys Ooh. seen that? No. I think we have it on a list somewhere. It sounds familiar. Is it on Amazon? Really? It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah. It's oh, on okay, Amazon that's Prime. Right. Yeah. And uh, it did very it. well, and it spawned a sequel. Um, oh. Check out the first one. No. Okay. No more recommendations. This is the one for you guys. Watch Bad Ben. Have you guys ever seen Bad Ben? All right. No. Wait, Bad Ben? All right. All right. right. (laughs) Grab another drink. (laughs) Kick your feet up. Are we talking about Batman 1989, Batman 66? No. Bad Ben. B-A-D. B-E-N. Bad Ben. Oh, Bad Ben. Franklin were bad. No, it's weird. If Benjamin Franklin was bad... You call him Bad Ben? What do you mean, if? All right, continue. Anyway. <laughs> so, 
um, be, from doing the, the, the Overlook Theater for so long, I've met a bunch of weird, like, indie dudes. And I have a good friend up in um, Seattle now. And he enjoys just, like, the worst homemade features like I do. And he always recommends me these really weird movies. And he reached out one day over Facebook and was like, hey, man, go on Amazon Prime and look up Bad Ben. And Bad Ben, the movie opens very jarringly with a uh, middle-aged, bald, white guy driving a car who has his phone recording himself. In Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Yeah, and, and it's a real place. the whole movie is just him in a house that is um, it seemingly haunted. Which he got through a, a, a sheriff's estate sale. Yeah. And uh, the conflict here is there's a ghost, and everybody would be like, okay, I'm going to leave. I don't want to fight a ghost. But his money's tied up here, and he's uh, very begrudging about his funds. So he stubbornly stays there and just, like, sees this thing through. Um, and I'll just tell you, like, uh, with Carnival Magic, there's a little bit of setup that might help where uh, Nigel Bach, which is clearly a fake name, but it's the only one he would give us. Yeah. Uh, That's the director and star of the film. And star and writer and everything. And it's his real house that it's filmed in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And he he had a movie put together, and he had five uh, casted humans for it. As they started dropping off, he uh, was just he would rewrite everything and just be like, we don't need them. We'll rewrite it. When the last girl, when she called him and said, hey, I can't do it, he started filming that movie. So in the car, when the camera turns on, he had just been notified by his last actress that she wasn't going to make it. So the movie's like a weird improv. There's a good jump scare, but it is it is mostly a character piece because that guy is a weirdo. Um, later that year, he made three more movies. Yes. In two years, I think he's made seven movies. Good for him. Yeah. So like it, it, it goes, it goes Bad Ben, uh, Steel Manville Road, which is the sequel to Bad Ben. Then it goes Bad Ben, which is the third Bad Ben. Then it goes uh, Bad Ben Mandela Effect, which he had just <laughs> learned about the Mandela Effect, so he made a Bad Ben movie about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then there's uh, Crescent Moon Clown. The Crescent Moon Clown, where he hired an actress to basically make a Bad Ben movie. In his house without him. And then there's Bad Ben. Uh, animated Bad Ben. Oh, then he made The Witch Bitch. Yeah. Which is a uh, Amazon Prime <laughs> show where he's animated. He made a 15-minute cartoon. He also made a cartoon uh, to help promote our film festival, but then I don't think he... He vanished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not joking. He made seven movies in two years all on the same subject. Bad Ben will be up your guy's alley. Wow. Sold. Bad, bad month. <laughs> you know, we just finished all the James Bond movies. Now I feel like we have to go into Bad Ben. Steve, I feel oh. like we might be too sober to have this conversation. You know what? I'm <laughs> gonna have to well, look, if, if you watch, watch the first one. Now, the second one is, and now look, I, I love Nigel. We've talked to Nigel several times. Uh, I adore him. He's a the sweetheart. The second one is one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. The first one, you, you were in that territory where you're like, he's either a genius or he stumbled into this. Because the second one completely omits what made the first one uh, so beloved, and that is the presence of Nigel Bach. And there is no Nigel Bach in the second one. 
and it's all these characters that we don't give a shit about, and they're Bring not interesting. Back or good actors. Bring back Buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, we, we have confirmed that Nigel Buck is not his real name, and his name in the, in the Bad Ben universe is Tom Riley. I'm convinced that is his real name. <laughs> that he just uses his real name as his fake, and his fake name is his real name. Oh, I get. <laughs> I guarantee. Hiding in plain sight. Steve, do you need a drink? I do need a drink. You got something to drink, baby? I do. I have a growler of beer, sixty-four ounces, yeah. <laughs> to get us through this. From Elevation Sixty Six Brewing, we have. The caper tosser. Yeah. This is a nine percent beer. Ten and a half percent. Ten and a half percent this Ooh, year. It's a Scotch ale. Right. I'm gonna pop this top and hopefully it's not gonna go through our ceiling as one has before. Woo! Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Ooh. All right. Uh, oh, stop! 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 This is a beautiful brown beer. Yeah, got a nice khaki-colored head oh, on it. Oh, my God. Steve, I think, just came a little. It's fantastic. It's a uh, scotch ale, so it's a beer that tastes like scotch, basically. Um, <laughs> it's a Scottish-style heavy ale. Yeah. But, yeah, it tastes boozy and malty and almost no hop character and is super delicious by elevation 66 beer. They're awesome. Where can you buy it at elevation 66? Dave makes it behind the bar and that's about all you can get. Yeah. And everything I've never heard of them. They're over in uh, El Cerrito, right by walking distance from El Cerrito BART station. They're between the yoga studio and the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly where you're talking about now. (laughs) Yeah. Right off San Pablo. You know, Great. between Central and uh, <laughs> Central and Fairmont. <laughs> and tell them the special code Steve and Izzy, and they'll give you a weird look. <laughs> they'll double your rent. <laughs> it'll, it'll be free with your purchase of beer. There you go. Tell them Steve and Izzy sent you, and they'll walk you back out the door. <laughs> and they'll be like, all right, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, love those guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah this fantastic. is surprisingly clear beer. Dave always makes super clear beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I know we already pretty much talked about him, but do we have any more fun facts about Carnival Magic? You know, just the the death of Al Adamson just kind of <laughs> looms over the whole thing. That's that's really enough. Um, <laughs> that's that's all we needed. Live in handyman. Yeah. Oh. You had me at live in handyman. <laughs> yeah. So so the the film like disappeared after its initial release. Uh, and then it was considered lost until it was found again in like 2009. Is that right? Yeah, I've heard I've heard things like this, but I, I've also read like message boards. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to do um, <laughs> where people remember seeing this as a child. Okay. So yes, I, I think it had to be some sort of release. Yeah, it must have. Uh, yeah. VHS maybe or something, but. I had no. This was. I had no idea that this movie existed until a couple of years ago when I saw it. Uh, but I guarantee you, I would have loved this as a child. I just read that um, some of the sound effects in Carnival Magic were stolen from uh, Tron and Centipede, the games. Oh, I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd buy that for dollar. I got no more trivia. That movie's so weird. I oh my god. I kind of feel bad whenever a film like that comes out. 
and so much stuff is just like wrong about it and people kind of look at the big picture and they're like that's cute and then walk away because i feel like you could really look at it as like a piece of art and just like a misfire of like tone and like weird direction yeah. and a conflict of interest of like what you're good at and what you're trying to that's do. why i think the context you know this director's history is paramount it, it is and I don't the the melodrama between the like new magician and the lion tamer is is a novelette that I would probably buy and never read, but it's, <laughs> I don't know it's it's so bizarre, and I'm so glad that you guys watched it because with films like this you really need to like talk through it with yeah. somebody <laughs> because when you're alone and you watch it on Amazon Prime or something you kind of just. Oh, a hundred percent. What do you do with it? This is a great crowd <laughs> movie, and you're all questioning everything together. It takes a community to watch this. Movie. It takes a village. Yeah, those great also, grindhouse movies from the '70s and '80s are like that way. Like, whether it's like Ghetto Blaster or Mind Trap or any of those like Italian post-apocalyptic movies. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So, sometimes you just have to watch it with a crowd and just be like. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> I just watched an Italian post-apocalyptic one that I'd never heard of. Because uh, much like your mom, I was a big uh, apocalypse fan. And I, I loved films like A Boy and uh, His Dog. And um, I watched She. Have you guys ever watched She? No, I, I think we have it on our uh, Amazon Prime queue, actually. <laughs> Watch that, that one. Because a lot of those, like, we don't know if we're a fantasy movie or we're an apocalyptic film. Um, they, they always go for these weird, like, brief um, set pieces. And they always kind of want to be like the warriors. But they don't have enough money, so costuming's bad. And the, this movie had a budget, and I don't know from where. But it's it's worth it. It's a weird oddity. It's it actually has the vibe kind of a uh, conquest. Have you guys ever seen that one? But conquest. Conquest. Yeah, yeah, it's, yes. No. Um. You know. You know. Zombie Two. The Italian director. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a fantasy movie called Conquest that um is is totally like very weird. Like it's ninety minutes of a fog machine. Yeah. It's, it's very, like, dark, dreamlike, but there's, like, a... I'm a bodybuilder barbarian, except my weapon is uh, bone chucks. Like, it's nunchucks made of bones. It, and the, the movie's just dark, and uh, she has that vibe, kind of. But there's also a magician who has, like, mind-controlling powers. Actually, no, I think he's a cult leader in that movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nice. And I assume you guys have seen uh, 2019, The Fall of New York, or After the Fall of New York? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I own two copies of that. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. Boom. laughs> You had me a great ape. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Bronx Warriors, I think there was like a DVD uh, triple feature that came out. And I oh, got yeah. all of those. And they're... They're they're so cool, but they're kind of disappointing in the same like right. I don't I don't know that that is probably the best one though. Yeah. Yeah. There was a great yeah. That dude, he lived in the sewer, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah great. Yeah, like, it, it was like an underground, like like a circus. Like there were like little people and yeah. like lots of. Tents. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah you're right. 
people dress Dude, like Haitians or mimes or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line I think in that whole movie is, "It's not his fault. He's just he's not a child or something <laughs> right, like that." Yes. <laughs> With yeah, Clark doesn't watch cool movies Shorty. like that. I'm watching Carnival Magic again. Clark went out and bought the first season of Entourage on DVD today. No, I didn't. Didn't you? No. I said I brought them all from my old house. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I bought them 12 years ago. Nice. Uh, is, ooh, I got it. The, the next Entourage movie is Entourage Carnival Magic. Oh, shit. Sign me up. <laughs> Jeremy Piven needs something to do. No, Jeremy Piven. Oh. That's, that's your skeevy lion tamer. That's what. Oh yeah, doing. there we go. Yeah. He's the lion tamer. What is or he the, doing? At the very least, he's the carnival. Oh, oh, you don't know? You don't know what Jeremy Piven's doing? Nope. He is doing, and I'm using quotations here for the listeners. Stand-up comedy. He's booking stand-up clubs, and he's oh. billed as Ari Gold from Entourage. It's 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 what's killing comedy. It's what's killing <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, uh, this type of shit. Uh, well, I hate to bring down the show. But, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, Jamba. Well, on that note, we have to uh, wrap up this episode. But first, what did we learn from Carnival Magic? Well, I, I think that uh, just never give up. I think that's is that just because you got this this you know backlog of experience that you don't think can translate into anything else. If you've got a vision, do it. It, it may not work out, but something beautiful is going to happen, and I think that's what happened. Sometimes accidents are beautiful. Russell, your thoughts? Oh, what did I? I learned um, even though she looks fourteen. She might be 22. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steal the mind. Oh, right. Round the bases. I learned that even if you're just the girl in the back of the car, you can still get a full credit. <laughs> but you know who didn't get a credit, I don't think? The guy with the afro and the green tank top and yeah. white pants. His I... favorite character, the voice of reason? <laughs> Steve, his name is Common Sense. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, what did you learn from this movie? That was about it. Um, (laughs) I learned learned that when tomboys take their hats off, that's when it's time to make the fuck out. Damn, I gotta start wearing a hat. It's instantly like, oh, look, my hair's down. Wait, wait, let me pull down my ponytail. Also, there was one very uncomfortable <laughs> cut where uh, it's it's like five, ten minutes after the makeout scene where it's a close-up of her and her hair's down, and she's wearing a low-cut top, and it just shows her bare oh. shoulders. And oh, yeah, yeah, down. I thought she was naked. I thought yeah, she was didn't, naked. didn't care for that at all. Because uh, she like pops out from like behind a tent or whatever, and yeah, it's yeah, only showing the, the shoulders, and it's like, oh, were her and the PR guy like buck naked? Yeah, though? they were. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for that. <laughs> you know, that, that's probably a good example of Al doing something subconsciously. Yeah, like it's a regular that, shot for him. Yeah, but in this context, it's like yeah. somebody need to like. He's made fifty movies before that. And it's all been schlock. <laughs> 
And he's just like, yeah, get the teen to show her tits. And oh, it's like, oh, wait, oh, children. Yeah. <laughs> From the director, Rules for Rent comes a children's movie you won't forget. Wait, 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 wait. People who watch this also watch Grand Champion? Oh, you you didn't watch it because you didn't grow up with a horse girl in your family. It's a fucking, fucking movie. It's just one of those fucking horse movies about, like, girl, sad story, finds a horse, and they become best friends, and then drama in act two, but then at the end she gets to save the horse. And the love scene in the second act that really blows people's minds. Yeah. I think Check her dad's actually something and then they send her off to go live on a farm and she falls in love with the horse but then they gotta sell the horse and then she's gotta get the horse back what this movie has to do the fuck ever with carnival magic i don't know why it came up as my people also (laughs) my phone must have heard me mention the strawberry road at some point (laughs) one day we will watch we will do a month of movies that izzy is traumatized over it's all gonna be horse movies can't wait (laughs) well clark and russell thank you so much for joining us yes thank you and uh where where can we find your podcast thank you guys absolutely uh itunes stitcher google play uh all those uh you know things (laughs) soundcloud uh yeah the overlook hour spotify which is never an hour (laughs) (laughs) never an hour and babe where can we find you Oh, you can find my fun movie art, amazing enamel pins, uh, handmade paracord delightfulness by Steve, all at untidyvenus.etsy.com. It's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. We're also also sponsored today by Frankie and Murr, aromatherapy made fun. They make all kinds of fun stuff out of real essential oils. And if you use coupon code untidy, we get a little bit and you get 15% off your order and orders over $35 ship free. Boom. Get yourself some spray the bitch away for mom. There you go. Or get it for dad so we can keep mom away. (laughs) You know, Father's Day is just around the corner, right? It is. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. I'm Clark. Yeah. I'm Russell. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Night, everybody.